ask me to talk. Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacy Heller. Hello, everyone. Welcome to DAMPT. That's right, my acronym for Don't Ask Me to Talk. It is February 16th. Um, I want to remind people that this show is available on a uh, podcast. So you can text uh, DAMPT, D-A-M-T-T, to 55678, and then you'll get all the deets about being able to listen to this so that you can use it as like a guided meditation for when you fall asleep at night. I think that will be really good. Um, joining me today is my friend Bridget Quigg, not to be confused with Captain Quigg, right? I mean, it's yeah, yeah. it's two totally different things. <laughs> do people I'm tease quite you? Stable, actually, yeah. Like, do people tease you about that? All the time. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm no, not. I haven't read the book. I have so much to know about how potentially crazy I seem before they even meet me. But um, yeah, a little unhinged, apparently. I I don't know. Uh, all I know is they both have a Q and they both have a G. <laughs> By the way, I think damped could also work as a new swear word that, like, no one realizes it is. So you can just throw it out there and be like, oh, right. damped. Which yeah. then lends itself to a whole conversation of if you say it as a swear word, then doesn't it become a swear word? Yeah, I don't know. It's just a light one like fiddlesticks. I just never made it into swear word land. Oh, that's a good one. I forgot about that one. Um, anyway, so we're going to talk in a little bit. Um, like my guest Raquel last week, you are a creative tour de force. Now, oh. I want you to know that I actually looked up that phrase to make sure that I was going to be using it popular or Wait. properly. Mm-hmm. And apparently a tour de force is a feat of strength. So oh. it makes sense. You are a creative feat of strength. Oh. Yeah. Merci. Uh, De nada. <laughs> yeah, totally. De nada. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, improv and intuition, and they are two areas that require you to act on feelings. Coincidence? Mm-hmm. I think not. Um, anyway, one thing that I want to fix from last week's show is I did a announcement about a podcast or a Facebook live event for a podcast called Common Ground. And I realized after the fact that I gave the wrong date. That's no good. So the Facebook live event for Common Ground, which will have uh, Tennyson Jacobson on the podcast, as well as me, um, is actually next Thursday, February 25th at 5 p.m. And that is Pacific Standard Time. So all you Mm. East Coast people, that would be 8 o'clock. Um, I can't do the rest of the math, so that's as far as I'm going. Um, now, I have to give an update. So after Raquel was on the show last week, um, we both shared the show. She did actually a Facebook Live and inspiring me to do a Facebook Live. Hello to anybody that's listening or watching. Um and we both shared it, and it was really cool to hear from some of our classmates from Stuart. Yay, Stuart, class of 88. And she, of course, one-upped me and reached out to the group on Facebook and suggested we do a wine tasting. Now, a wine tasting, you say, but you're so far apart. We are. Apparently, there's something that's called One Hope Wine, 
where you can do virtual wine tastings. And oh. you they already give a portion of the proceeds of their wine to charities that they support or nonprofits that they support. And they will actually give 10% of any of the eligible wines that you choose to taste in your wine tasting to mm-hmm. a charity of your choice. Drinking for good. Right? Mm-hmm. So, again, not sponsored. Happy to, though. Um, but I think it's such a great idea. And I love that this show, It's I say that it's about um, connection through conversation. And that's exactly what happens. It becomes a waterfall of connection. And I just love that. Oh, yeah. Right? It's a thing. Yeah, last week's show is still alive and growing. It is still alive and growing. It It's like the little butterfly that becomes the tsunami. <laughs> I mean, like, I hope not, but we've had enough um, crazy yeah. weather things, but still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of connecting through conversation, if anybody wants to call in, the number is 425-373-5527. Again, that's 425-373-5527. Um, so I just love what, Um, Raquel did and the whole idea that making that connection is just creating more conversation among our classmates and bringing us back together. And then the other thing that she's doing, um, which is really cool, is she's doing a favorite chef competition. And I know. And she, I haven't obviously tasted the food. She's in in Atlanta, for God's sakes. However, based on how it looks, and you do eat with your Mm -hmm. eyes, I think, um, Mm -hmm. her her food looks amazing, and she's always dancing when she's cooking. Oh. It's amazing. And um, so it's this competition where they're raising money. So you basically you get a free vote, and then you can buy votes. What is okay. cool about bu- buying the votes, though, is that the votes that you buy, the money goes toward Feeding America. Oh, that's good. Right? I like that. And then the winner gets 20 grand that they can use for whatever they want. In Raquel's case, she is talking about using it to give back to some local charities and then um, a portion of it to invest into a new enterprise that she has around her um, food love. So I just, I think it's really cool. And I posted on my Instagram story. about that if people are interested in supporting Raquel. And it just, you know, as I said last week, she is, she's crazy creative and never stops moving. Um, Sort of force. Well, yes. Yes. Seems like, I don't know. I I seem to have a theme happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I know. The force about you as well. I, well, I like who I like. (laughs) Um, Now, speaking of experiences, Last week, it was the day before we did our experience with uh, Airbnb, and I have to tell you, it was so much fun. So for those that didn't listen last week, we gave my in-laws an Airbnb experience because you really shouldn't be traveling, and you can connect with people from all parts of the world that can teach you a ton of different things. In our case, we did a cooking class. Uh, with, they call it um, pasta with the grandmas. It was really a grandma. And God bless her and her daughter. They were up at one o'clock in the morning their time doing this class. They were drinking espresso. And (laughs) my in-laws were on in Florida. Will was on in California. And the rest of us were all 
in our kitchen in Issaquah, and it was so much fun. We made cannelloni, um, the pasta wow. from scratch. I think my favorite oh. moment was when um, the gal that was running the class said, William, what are you using to roll out your pasta? And he said, a tequila bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's all he had. And they were so complimentary of him that I'm pretty (laughs) sure they have someone in mind for him to marry. And i am got to tell you, I don't hate on that. (laughs) A nice Italian girl. Right? Where were they? Yeah, East Italy, huh? Oh, yeah, it's somewhere in Italy. I can't remember where, but it um, they had an amazing, like, big uh, stone oven behind them, and we made this cannelloni. Um, like I said, we made the pasta from scratch. We had yeah. to make a bechamel sauce, and, um, and we did a ricotta, spinach, and Parmesan filling inside it. It was amazing. Oh, my. oh. and yeah, then you got to eat that. It's like it just got better and better. Oh, exactly. And my role was to sit in the background, and I cleaned, and I drank cocktails. <laughs> so it just got better and better. Well, because it's, you know, my in-laws, I know that you love me if you're listening, but really who they love is their muffin, a.k.a. Pete, and all of the little mini muffins. And so Aww. if I try to hog up the attention, that's not what they want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. I get it. Their son's their darling, and then anything that says she's Ex- their darling. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a brother. I get it. It's totally how it is. Apparently, we may have a caller. <gasps> this is very exciting. This is very exciting. Let's see who it is. Hello? Stacy. Mom? This is your mother. Ha- what have I done? I haven't even done what anything. What have you done? You have not acknowledged me and Lee and Diane. Okay. <laughs> First of all, remember you can't swear on the radio. Lee already came out and told me I couldn't swear on the radio, sweetie pie. So I'm not. Okay, so first of all... I, I, I was hoping this would make you speechless. Okay, I, I actually am, and I just, I hadn't got to you yet. What? I, so, by the way, Eric, this is my mother. <laughs> Hello. I, I, yeah, it, hi. And, and Bridget, this is my mother. Hi, Ma. And the thing is, people always think I'm exaggerating when I talk about my mother, and I'm so not. <laughs> no, loving. And, and let me tell you what she did for me, okay? For Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. she sent me a gift card to Amazon for thirty-five dollars and fourteen cents. Okay. Okay. You know why? Why that was? No. Because the 14th was the 14th. Okay. okay. That's reasonable. But I act 35. I'm 82. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> Wait, you're complaining? But you're not telling why I gave you the 35. Yes, because I act 35. Wait. Well, I, I, That's I, a, I'm sorry I cheaped out. I think in this case she would have preferred the $82 <laughs> gift card. Okay. Well... <laughs> Here's the thing, though, Mom. I actually was talking about this before we went on the air. I said yeah. I send this money so that she can basically buy yarn, which That's takes true. which takes me back to. Do you remember when I was in high school? Yeah. There was this thing, Hands Across America, where people all over America like went out and and like held hands and whatever. I have decided that you need to scarf or knit a scarf that can go across America. Oh, Stace. 
I will be dead long before that. I'm sending them to Minneapolis where, um, like today, it was 14 below or something like that for the homeless, except it's too cold even for the homeless. So they're bringing them in. But when they bring them out, they're going to be delivered to them. Nice. That's a very nice gesture. And for anybody that's listening, uh, my mother has also made these square dishcloths. So if you're interested, I can have her send them out to me. And they are fabulous, by the way. I have a million of those. Yes, she does. Well, maybe not quite a million. <laughs> I promised you I wouldn't lie or swear, so maybe not a million, but whatever. All right, babe, go back to your show and your guests. And, Eric, I think you're great, and I'm going to go. Okay, I have one question, though. Yeah? How many drinks have you had? W- one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Hey, I Mom, you, I love you. Oh Bye. Bye. <laughs> wow. I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> that was a delight. She a, is a delight. I could call her back at the end of the show to find out how many drinks she had and just had another conversation. Well, that's what I, our routine is that I always call after the show to see what she thinks because my okay. mother completely gives me an unbiased, like, you know, no right. no pressure or anything, Bridget. But if you don't oh. do well, she will have yeah. comments. <laughs> So, Bridget, why Bridget? I don't understand Bridget. You may only get one scarf out of this and not oh, the, man. the 10. I just that... was hoping for one of the million dishcloths, but, man. I, they're really good. Mom, send them out. I'm very interested. Um, very interested yeah. I think she was just mad because I was talking about the the pasta thing with my in-laws. But yeah. she says, don't do that with me. I'm not cooking. Um Anyway, happy Valentine's Day, Mom. I love you. Hi, Diane. Hi, Lee. Of course I was going to say hi to you. Gosh, guys, I, I takes a minute. Um, <laughs> I also had to just comment, speaking of Valentine's Day, that um, Pete and I are officially at the point in our marriage where my Valentine gift, which I got one, Pete did not, um, but my Valentine gift was a new toilet seat. Oh, my God. This is this is a long-lasting marriage. I sure. mean, yeah, right. We really, run down the list of potential gifts and ended up at toilet seat. When we were dating, he got me heart-shaped ravioli from a place in um, New York, and yeah. now we're to a toilet seat. But I have to tell you, this kind of means more because <laughs> <laughs> it brings you so much joy. On and on, like it, ravioli was gone in seconds, but this is like years of joy. Right, exactly. I mean, if I had the ravioli, I would be sitting on the toilet seat while it was gone in seconds. <laughs> um, I know it's terrible. And then I, I want to give a very quick shout out um, because Annie is twenty five. Happy birthday, Annie! She Aww. was born on February fourteenth, and she now hates Valentine's Day because everybody was always lamenting about how they're single <laughs> instead of saying. Oh my gosh, we have so much to celebrate. It's your birthday. So happy yeah. birthday, Annie. <laughs> she is not only a an amazing teacher, but she's an amazing teacher when it comes to sharing about self-love. I have learned a lot from her. She holds my Aww. feet to the fire, and I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, okay, really quickly, my Stasiism. So in mm-hmm. honor of Valentine's Day, there is a book that was super popular at the time Pete and I were engaged. It's by Robert Fulgham. It's called, um, it's not the, it was on fire when I laid down on it. It was like, all I need to know I learned and like, no, maybe it was, it was on fire when I laid down. Anyway, he wrote all these really great books of essays. And there's a section where he talks about how he was counseling a couple that was getting ready to get married. And the thing that he talked to them and the reader about is this idea that don't confuse 
your wedding day vows with the vows that you exchange over the course of your courtship courtship or your dating. Um, After movies where you see something and you ask each other, what would you do? Or after you have a fight and how you come back together. Or when you see a kid acting a certain way and you think, you know, if we have kids, we're never going to do that. But it it starts a conversation of like, well, what would we do? And Mm -hmm. do we want kids? And, you know, squibbling and fighting over dinner and, you know, how you're going to handle those things. And so I loved the fact that he was basically saying over the course of your relationship, that's the real exchange of your vows. What you do at the wedding, that's for everybody else because Mm -hmm. the vows, these little conversations that you have are about way bigger topics. Mm -hmm. And so whoever is out there in a relationship, pay attention to all of those little conversations because those are essentially your vows. And if you can't get behind them, then all the other vows are not going to stick. Beautiful. I love it. So that is that. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we are going to talk with you, Bridget, about uh, genius, intuition, and improv. Okay, okay. I'm ready. All right. Hold on, folks. Don't ask me to talk. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuiper Counseling What's up? This is Rob Bass, and I want you to tune in to Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Heller, the show that brings joy from pain, sunshine where it rains. Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Heller. And that's coming from me, Mr. It Takes Two, Rob Bass. Tune in. Peace. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Don't Ask Me to Talk. Hello, welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am still reeling from the fact that my mother called in. Um, however, I'm going to make sure that I pay proper attention to my guest, Bridget Quigg. Oh. So, Bridget, welcome. Gracias. Uh, de, so again, happy to be here. de nada. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm very bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> Muy bien. Entonces. <laughs> It's like that ad that used to be on TV, like S-O-C-K-S, which basically was spelling socks. Um, Okay, so I got to know you through Stacey Harris. Shout out, Mm -hmm. Stacey. And have seen a couple different iterations of the kinds of things that you do. So 
for instance, you talked about um, at the event that we did this idea of um, pulling on the improvisational skills that you have um, as a tool for communication and connection in a working environment. I attended a an event that you did. It was amazing. Um, Thank you. I actually used um, some of the skills that you shared in that in um, a couple different events that I did. Then yeah. you wrote a book called Up Your Genius, which <laughs> makes me laugh because um, I gave Eric a copy of it and he also read it as Up Yours Genius. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell where our minds are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it it like it works. Um, and it's a workbook about um, designed to make you believe you are creative. And I also used this. I had to do a creative project with a nonprofit organization, and I needed to get feedback from them. And it was like pulling teeth. And so mm-hmm. I used the yes and. Nice. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. And then lastly, I am taking a a workshop with you right now that is called Intuition. You have it, uh, and it's useful. And we just finished, and that was really fun. So hey to all the gals that are maybe listening. Um, So give me a little background on this evolution. Mm -hmm. Okay, good idea. Um, well, so before, let's see, I, I mean, I had a long career in tech here in Seattle in marketing in particular, so I'm kind of of the business world and was at the director level there for a decent amount of time. And um, before that, I was active in theater in some ways. So I really wasn't like a theater kid in high school, but after college, I got into music a little bit. I learned to play guitar. I liked to sing, got into some storytelling shows, like Before the Moth was cool. There were these storytelling nights happening. And basically, long story short, sort of realized I had a good sense of humor and could make people laugh. Don't worry, I'm not going to. But um, <laughs> but I but before that, also, I had studied improv in college. So it was sort of like this weaving together of a lot of different form, art forms and, and ways of doing performance art. I eventually got into doing one-woman comedy shows. Um, and I'd done five of them. And I play music in them, and they're totally like freeform from my head. And basically, I've created a lot of stuff. So stand-up comedy um, lots of songs, written a lot of songs for people's weddings, for events, just for fun, and performed quite a bit. And so throughout this whole time where I'm working in tech and I'm also doing artsy stuff, I would find myself wanting to bring the principles, particularly of improv, into the work setting. And just the general joy and freedom of creativity and the arts into the work setting as well. <laughs> because if anything's going on at work is we're trying to figure out how to solve stuff. We're trying to figure out how to get stuff done. We kind of have limited resources. We're not really sure if that person has the right skill. We're not sure if we need to actually hire someone else. It's just like the decision fiesta, right? There's just all these things that need to happen that actually require quite a bit of creativity. And what you find is everyone has it. That's that's the fundamental principle in my improv really other creative thinking sessions like the one that you took mm-hmm. is I believe every person is a creative genius. That's why I called the book Up Your Genius because it's already there and you're already using your creativity. But if you consciously become aware of it, work that muscle a little bit and, 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 and feel it to be more part of just innately who you are, which is what the word genius means. It's simply part of who you are. Mm-hmm. It shifts your thinking in the moment about what's possible for you and shifts your thinking about everyone around you. Because if you're a creative genius, guess what they are too. And so you start to play with that a little bit more and you find that life life flows a little better and you can have a little more faith. And I understand some people are 
annoying. You don't want to be around them. But at the end of the day, everyone's creative and everyone has something to offer the moment. So improv, what's nice about it, it has all these guidelines, if you will. People who improvise on stage rehearse before they go on stage because they're learning to play together in a way that's very honoring of each other's creativity. So if you take all those little tips and apply them to the work world, it gets just more pleasant, in essence, to work through these issues, work through these moments, to make new things up, um, to decide when the next meeting's going to be, all that stuff. You get in that yes and, which is yes is I hear you, I acknowledge you, Mm -hmm. and is now here's me. So I hear you, now here's me. I hear you, now here's me. It's excellent listening, full acknowledgement, and then offering up what's coming up for you. So it creates a a nice flow and a seesaw of thinking and sharing as opposed to one person. Yeah, yeah, and and then the but. Um, are the, oh, yeah, I hear you, but, you know, people getting shut down, people getting stopped, mm-hmm. and is, I hear you, and I'm going to build on what you said. I may need to provide you some information because of what you just said. You know, we got we got to figure something else out. I'm not going to butt you, though, which is to say, eh, no, stop, you know, honking the horn in your face. We're not doing that because I've just decided that we're not doing that, which tends to kill creativity and make people want to separate, which is no fun. Okay, that was a lot, but that's that's the, that's the improv side of things. So basically after leaving the regular work world... Well, I wait, I want to comment on that. Oh, please, tell me. Because uh, after the workshop that I, uh, that I took with you and Stacey Harris and JD were there, um, and actually Tracy Harrell, who has um, a radio mm-hmm. show on... Yes. Um, KKNW as well. Um, oh, yes. So what I really loved was the whole idea of the giving and receiving and how mm-hmm. this, you know, those um, those kind of rules of improv or the rehearsal that, mm-hmm. you know, you create this safe space of trust so that you can be vulnerable and just throw something up on the wall and yeah. that it is very much a relationship of give and take. and. Yeah. That it needs to be open-ended so that, you know, you're not shutting out somebody's opportunity to be creative and be heard. And I just, that was such a takeaway from that workshop. And I so appreciated that because I like to talk a lot and I shut people down um, without realizing it in some of the, the things that I say. So... I hear you. No, no, no. That's the thing. Some people are more quiet. Some people are more chatty. I actually have said, too, that I think that before all peace talks, everyone should have to improv. Because it would completely change the dynamic of the negotiation. Because it's it level, I mean, it's totally obviously kind of shooting for the sky there, but I mean, it makes a level playing field where everyone matters. That's the fun. Uh, they, as they, we like saying in improv, everything is an offer. Therefore, yes. everything everyone does is acknowledged and included as opposed to judged and left out. Um, and it just makes for hilarious theater and wonderful, juicy moments. Um, on and off stage. So oh, yeah. I'm glad that you appreciated that. It's, and that and that was for me in college absolutely life changing. I mean, it completely became. I, I mean, I'm not particularly religious. I was raised very religious, but for me, it kind of made the most sense of any sort of philosophy I'd ever heard. Mm-hmm. And it made my life more social and bright and interesting and fun. And I had new kinds of friends and new experiences because I became a yes and person, which opens up. You know, as you say, it, it opens up offers. Okay, yeah. so sorry, I. I sort of segue, but okay. So then you've since moved into? Woo-woo. No, I'm just kidding. So in my early 20s, I flunked out of medical school, which was humbling. And that was partly because I got very, very sick because really I didn't really want to be in medical school, which was a big lesson in uh, this concept of which led me to the study of intuition. But basically, 
in order to heal from how sick I got, and I had all just kind of like that class, like kind of hundred thousand weird things happening with my body, no one could figure it out. Kind of you hear people tell these stories, you know, and then they change their life. Well, I'm one of those people, and what I found was I started to be able to, after a lifetime, and a lot of us can relate to this, I know I'm not special on this, a lifetime of being very good at looking at the external rules required for success mm-hmm. and fitting in and being liked and all this stuff, um, and following those to the best of my ability, but I kind of hit a dead end with med school. Like, it's this fairly, you know, prestigious, high-end thing to do, but it really didn't fit me, and along with a bunch of other decisions I was making in my life. Basically, on my route to getting better, which was full of miracles and wonderful things, I started to recognize this inner voice inside of me that if I followed it, I physically felt better. I felt, in essence, a bit of relief, felt a bit of joy, whether it was like, I think I'm just going to go for a walk by myself right now. I'm just going to go to bed now. I'm I'm going to call my friend or I'm not going to call my friend. Whatever it is, I got better at reading what would please me, if you will. And and I teach intuition now, and this, I'm getting at the, one of the basic principles that I believe in, but I really believe in every moment we have a good sense of what we want, but um, we're, we're trained out of it, I think, pretty well uh, post-childhood, during childhood, whether it's TV, teachers, parents, whoever. And so I'm not blaming anyone in particular, but I, I believe we have the choice as adults to reconnect with, if we've lost it, um, the connection to are basically our intuitive knowing about things. It's very simple. Like it was my friend and I decided to say, are you feeling it or you're not feeling it? And we usually can tell actually pretty well. Um, but part of what I teach in my course on intuition is creating a, a life where you find people who can support you. And that would be an example of one thing you can do. Um, and knowing how to read your body signals, which is super duper valuable, mm-hmm. or just whether you feel excited or tired about something is very simple. But we've kind of been trained out of listening to that. And, and basically how I feel I healed and, and got to where I am today, which is a pretty healthy, happy person, uh, which was quite a feat considering where I was, um, is just millions of these moments that I started to just make the better decision for me. Mm-hmm. And that's something I would say. I don't know. So intuition, yeah, so intuition, you have it, and it's useful is the name of the class. I'm teaching a new round of it in March. I've done two rounds so far, and it's just so fun, and it's so fun to see how people are so ready to hear this. It's not like I'm telling them something they don't already know in a way. It's more like, oh, yeah, I did used to do that for myself when I was younger, or I, I do want to make those choices again. I, that does feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really fun. It is really fun. And, and when you're younger, it, I think it's like it's the reason why when um, – you're younger, it's easier to learn how to do things because Mm. you don't have all of this like fear of judgment or fear Mm -hmm. of not doing it well or mastering it the first time or whatever it is. You're sort of like, I don't know. All right, I'll try it. And, and you listen to it. And Mm -hmm. I refer to that piece that you're talking about as like your tail wagging, because I think of dogs that it's just this involuntary, you know, like their tail wags. They're excited to see their owner or they're excited that you're feeding them or whatever it is. And their tail wags. And there's not any thought behind it. It's just like, you know, to use your phrase, like they're feeling it. And so I think it's, you know, and this is something that is so out in the world right now. I, uh, work with Greg Kuiper, who has a show here on KKNW. It's at the root. And the show that he did yesterday, he was talking about this. And he says, you know, there are multiple versions of yourself. There's your external self, which is really about all the roles that you play. And, you know, I'm a I'm an employee. I'm a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. You know, whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. then there's these internal roles, a lot of which are built from experience that you 
experiences that you've had. Um, it's the whole nurture thing um, and their coping skills. But then there's mm-hmm. that real self that mm-hmm. when you're young, that's that thing that, you know, you, you do what you want to do because it makes your tail, your tail wag. And then yeah. you stop doing that because, as you say, you're trained out of doing it because it's messy or inconvenient or yeah. it doesn't go with social norms or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. Yeah, like I want to run naked through the sprinkler, Mom. Like, come on. Right. <laughs> <I'm> free. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. And the other two things I want to say about, too, it's interesting, like, this idea of the tail wagging. One thing I like to remind people is what makes you wag your tail is so specific to you. I think sometimes one thing we do is we doubt ourselves. It's like, well, I would like that, but, like, who wouldn't? Or I would like that, but I probably couldn't play. You know, it's like, no, I would like that, and I'm going to do it. It's amazing how little sometimes inertia we have behind once we recognize what we like, we come with all these you know, It's like we need to yes and ourselves, which is something I bring up in my improv classes. It's like I would like that, and I'm going to change my clothes and go do it. Or yes, and I'm going to call that friend. And and you don't have to pressure yourself, but if you feel a desire to do something, I'm a huge believer in desire. Like once, and again, it's very specific to each one of us. I you know, it's like you want you're excited about the wine tasting thing. I would be more into a cheese taste, maybe a cheese taste. You know what I mean? Like. The mm-hmm. thing that you would pick might, it's going to be very specific to you and you're going to play your role and it's going to be beautiful going back to improv again, bringing what you have to bring. So, yeah. And then, yeah. And then something else about intuition you were just saying, um, but yeah, it's a lot about permission and, and um, listening to yourself. Yeah. So beautiful. Well, and I, I do feel like, you know, you, we have a narrative that this whole idea of intuition, uh, one thing that comes up over and over and I have, You know, I clearly am collecting certain people, creative people, intuitive people. My friend Jill, she's an intuitive. My friend Lisa, um, Annette, I've got Mary Gleason, I've got you. Like, all of these Mm -hmm. people, um, Brett, he's going to be on the show, um, that talk about intuition and as this, you know, this muscle that you need to exercise and how important it is. And it's so funny how if you say intuition – people say, oh, that's woo-woo, like what you were talking about. But if you talk about your gut feeling and you're talking Mm -hmm. about it in relation to, you know, business Mm -hmm. and, you know, well, I hired this person and even though, you know, on paper they didn't seem to have the experience, my gut told me that, you know, they were going to be right for this job. Well, hey, folks, you do realize that like it's the same thing, right? It's just gut um, sounds like more like visceral and yes. like more gut level. And intuition seems like it's up in like your crown chakra and a little bit more airy fairy. Yes. But they're the well, same thing. No, it's totally true. And it reminds me. And then there's also the moments where so many people will say like, yeah, I just had a bad feeling about that guy. Mm-hmm. Goes both ways, and and everyone uses those language that language all the time. And that that's the thing. And, and to your point, or I guess you're saying it was my point. It's like if you can consciously harness that part of yourself, pay conscious attention to it, and and work the ability to pay attention to it. Like your life just gets so much better. That's the thing. I think that I just went through a hundred thousand times. I feel like either I made the brave choice to show up at that party looking good at the time I felt I was supposed to be there and met that interesting person, or I just sort of was shy and hung up back in the doorway and thought, well, I didn't really get ready. I'm not really, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's an element of bravery and go after it and, and love it and grow it that um, I think people who do that really can probably tell you multiple stories of how, how it would change your life for the better. 
but I think what I also like about teaching this class and like you just said, all these friends, creating a culture around that that's it's like normal and accepted and not put down, but rather celebrated and brought forth. So like creativity, for example, is considered pretty normal now. Like everyone's okay with talking about creativity. I wouldn't say that was the case maybe like 20 years ago when we were kids or whatever. But mm-hmm. well, we were kids. You get the idea. Um, but I do think there's a new era coming of people being more accepting of these very strong intuitions that people have. They're just like, yes or no. And the answer is yes. And it's becoming more normal, but I would like it to be more normal. Well, and this and goes skills you can build, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, and this goes back to your, you know, up your genius um, philosophy that, you know, so for instance, Mary Gleason, who's a friend of mine, she has written a book. She is an intuitive and it's something that she explores and she um, teaches about um, intuition and how you can use it uh, in the workplace. And nice. it can really help you with the decisions that you make, the you know, everything from hiring to the products mm-hmm. that you're going to launch or whatever. And she's married mm-hmm. to an engineer. And so okay. she's written a book about that relationship and how do two people that are seemingly, you know, so left and right brained and mm-hmm. opposite, you know, how does that work? And she realized that she had to come to a place where he is still creative in his own way. It just doesn't look like hers. Absolutely. Beautiful. Everyone's creative genius. Well, and it's interesting, too, I, I've been interviewing some of my friends, husbands, and boyfriends about intuition or back, you know, pre-COVID when we had dinner and stuff, I would ask them. And one friend's here, husband, he's an ER doctor, and he was saying, well, it's interesting you bring this up because I think there's a way that kind of backfires because sometimes with men, the, the term is, hey, just go with your gut on that. Mm-hmm. Like they'll say, like, it just, it's like it kind of can cause, like in male culture, that's an accepted thing in some settings, but it has, can cause this kind of rush through whether you're ready, make a decision you haven't really thought. So just go with your gut. You know, it's like, just stop bothering me about it. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, that's what, you know, it's always just another interesting aspect of how we communicate about it. But, um, yeah, getting to the yummy of it is where the fun is, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I agree with you that, uh, you know, there are some people that when it comes to these kinds of things, um, if you are psychic or if you are an intuitive or you're a medium or, you know, whatever the languages that you use, Mm -hmm. people consider, people can confuse those people with those talents and abilities as a guru of sorts. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. you're going to tell me what direction I should go in and what I should do. And, you know, the, the group of people that I've gotten to know have taught me so much about it and have really shared that, no, you need to rise up and you need to meet these opportunities. You need to make these choices. You need to participate in your own intuition. You know, you can't rely on someone else. And most of the time, what you're getting from people that maybe do a reading or whatever it is, it's a confirmation of what you already know. Yes. Yeah, I've done that kind of thing. I mean, I've talked with like psychic people officially done appointments and stuff. And I basically will bring my thoughts. It's like, I'm pretty sure this is where I want to go with this. And they'll add more information. And I find that really useful. But at the end of the day, you got to own your decisions, right? Like completely. And in fact, I have set up on my website um, an idea of one-on-one intuition coaching. I'm going to throw this out to the world. But the idea is that like, if folks want to learn to build their intuition and think through their, their life decisions, there's all these little ways I have learned to help with that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's always going to be their decision. You have to feel at peace with them. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I love that. I think that's so cool. Um, And And I'm writing a little book about this. I'm going to have another book on Amazon probably this spring, but this one will be about intuition. Is it going to be? Plus a workbook. Up up your innards? (laughs) 
your Claire's. Oh, up your Claire's. Up your Claire's. Up your Claire's. Yeah. Up your no, I don't know. Claire's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, for Boy. people that don't necessarily know what the Claire's are, there okay. is, uh, in the intuitive world, there are multiple different ways that you can have a a, a feeling about something, right? There's clairsentience, mm-hmm. which okay. I think is touch, mm-hmm. um, clairvoyance. Or chills on your skin, like yep. chills down your spine. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's clair... Voyance. Voyance. So it's like the uh, that concept of a screen, like I told you, like think of an elephant. You can kind of see it inside your head. That's your inner eye. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Claire Cognizance, that's just a knowing. Yeah, I just know. Yep. That's the one that I have. I just know stuff. Yeah. And The idea comes in and you're like, that's it. And the funny part about it is that I used to think I was really smart. <laughs> you are really smart. Well, yes, and I used to think I was really smart. And mm-hmm. then I started to learn about this intuition and this clear cognizance and this knowing. And I realized that I am really a vessel and I'm getting yeah. information. And yeah. I learned that what I really am is I'm very articulate and I know mm-hmm. what language I need to speak to people so that they're going to understand whatever information I'm getting. Well, I love what you're saying. So then this goes back to something you said a little while before. It's like the, the gurus are not really in existence, especially at this point in like human evolution. I feel like Everybody can do this, the end period. Like, it's accessible to everyone. And I think it's actually a natural thing that we put on mute a little bit that we're happier when we're involved. And to the point you just made, too, is like once you figure out your clairs and you figure out that you're a receiving in a way and you're in this sort of dialogue, and I'm not going to get into the metaphysical or the religious or whatever, but, but you can't help but notice that there seems to be sometimes almost a supernatural sort of information coming to you, deal with that however you want. Life becomes way more interesting. There's kind of nothing boring anymore. Because in any moment, you can kind of tune in, if I do this, you kind of tune in to sort of like, what would be the best thing for me to do right now? What would make the most sense? How could I be of service right now? Yep. What could I create or do? Or should I take a nap? You know what I mean? Like, that would be the greatest service. I'm very um, fluid with my intuition and very receptive, and I'm a lot happier that way. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. your point, um, I'm going to take a break here in a second, but sure. to your point, it's not a religious thing. I think of my mom who always used to say, I'm going to offer this up. That was always the mm-hmm. phrase, I'm going to offer it up. It's this whole idea of let go, let God, or fill in the blank, whatever that means for you. Totally. Okay, totally. we're going to take a very quick break, and then when we come okay. back, you and I are going to play a little bit. We'll be right back with Bridget Quigg on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Don't Ask Me to Talk. Hi, I'm J.D.K. Winnikin, host of This Show is All About You. If you're like me, you seek many things in your life. Adventure, meaning, belonging, you have dreams and you want fun, and of course, you want love. And we also want other people to join us along the path. But what happens when you don't know how to have all that or where to start? Well, join me every week to learn more about how, because I am just like you. So join me each week here on KKNW for This Show is All About You, a show about how you and me become we and what that means for all of us. And be sure to visit my website, wordsbyjdk.com. Stacy Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, 
go to stacyconnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am your host, Stacey Heller. I am joined today by Bridget Quigg. And uh, don't you love my ad? Eric put that together for me. Um, I, fantastical. I, right. Totally I wonderful. sound like a superhero. It is amazing. <laughs> it's really I just, I'm just having the thought as you're coming back, like, this whole thing is just fun. Like, bless your heart for bringing this into your life and all of our lives. Like, this, I mean, it's just you, you are doing something that delights you, and it, and it shoots out and it hits us all. It's just great. Well, totally you know, fun. I as as Rob Bass would say, I'm bringing joy where there's rain. <laughs> oh, I know. We got a little bit blue sky in Seattle right now, but I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, okay, so sometimes the best way to show people or tell people what you do is to show them. So mm-hmm. I'm going to turn things over to you, and let's have some fun. Okay. Fun right away. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I basically, with the improv background and business background, I put together these year genius workshops. So I go into businesses, particularly sales teams, but a lot of engineering teams, creative marketing teams, all this stuff. And I'll lead hour to hour and a half workshops, Microsoft, I do conferences they have, do creative thinking sessions. So I have a whole bunch of games that I've adapted to online and they're really fun to do in person and hope we get to do that, um, sometime soon-ish. So I was just going to, I'm happy to throw out a couple of these games you can play on the radio. So the first one, and these are great games for also road trips. You just friends, your mom could do these with her girlfriends after the show. It's really fun. So the first one I want to throw out there, I know you've done it before in my class called Port Key. My friend Matt Smith taught it. He's an um, improviser here in Seattle. And we're going to tell little stories. So they're, I call them vignettes, like two to three sentence stories. And the way we're going to do this is I'm going to start us with a suggestion the words like they do at improv shows okay. and I'm going to kick it off with you and you'll say so say I'm just looking at one this won't be my but light socket light socket takes me to or maybe that will be it if you've got something already coming light socket takes me to and then you'll tell that two to three sentence story I will be listening to your story and as I listen I'm going to have a word stand out to me and that's what's going to start my next story so say you say something effective takes me to when I was little and I figured out that hair dryers can electrocute you if your hair is wet and you plug them in and then I would say you know, little, little takes me to my garden I'm just planting that has got these little, little shoots that are so exciting because I'm going to have cabbages this year. I'm going to beat the aphids, and I'm going to have cabbages. Like, that would be an example. And then maybe cabbage would take you to borscht, or I guess that's beets. But you get the idea. Yep. You know what I'm talking about, I right? do. Okay. So let's play it, and the people will follow. Um, okay. So your, your suggestion is sunlight. <laughs> sunlight. Okay. Sunlight takes me to whenever I have to do an icebreaker and people talk about, you know, um, think about a place or a thing or a space that brings you joy or, um, you know, think about a happy place. Weirdly, I place a really comfortable bed in the middle of the mm. a field that's on the side of the Pacific Coast Highway, not mm. the edge side because that freaks me out, the mm. other side, mm-hmm. and there is sunlight that is all around me and it's not the annoying I'm going to get sunburned as a headache or as a uh, redhead it's Mm. just that like dappled lovely it's just Mm -hmm. it's just warm enough sunlight or dappled amazing I'm going to go to Pacific Coast um 
Pacific Coast, that was great visual, by the way. Pacific Coast takes me to Grayland, Washington, where I go often because our family has a place we can gather out there. Like, I have lots of cousins, and a lot of them live in Grace Harbor. And it takes me to walking the beach in Grayland when it's just pouring rain and cold. But if it's not too cold, I will take my shoes off and walk barefoot in the sand anyways because I just love all the sensations of being outside there. Which makes me think of Greyhound buses, which I used to take (laughs) when I was at school at Skidmore in upstate New York. And I would take the Greyhound to New York into Port Authority and talk about the sights and the sounds on a Greyhound bus. It was Mm -hmm. like a five-hour ride. And it always seemed like we were going to die of like carbon monoxide poisoning. And... (laughs) You went into Port Authority, which at the time was just the dregs of humanity and sticky and gross. But I was always so excited to be heading into New York to see like Pete or whatever it was that the anticipation Mm -hmm. was always far outweighed the Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable cushions and um, and bad air. Um, I was so into your story that I barely even thought to think of a word. That was fun. Um, I'll say I'll do one more and we'll let you finish. I'll do one more. So Port Port just takes me to where I live in Seattle, where I have a little bit of a view of the, the water, the Elliott Bay. And I love for some reason to see container ships just out there doing their thing. I find them inherently fascinating. I wonder what's happening like what's the cruise life like and what's in the containers and there's stuff going to seattle or leaving are they going to go to la next or japan and i just find them very full of adventure and exciting every time i look at them um because i imagine things that are interesting about them and i'll finish up by saying that reminds me of two things it reminds me of madagascar and the fact that they were on a container ship and it makes me think of those stories where you know one of those containers will fall into the ocean and You'll find, you know, millions of rubber duckies floating in the ocean because it's it's fallen overboard and yeah. there it is. And it's just I mean, I think our oceans are just full of container ships of treasures. I don't know why we're still focused on the Titanic. There yeah. may be a container that has a majillion of something. So I love this. Um, yay. A round of applause for a wonderful game. And, and I'm happy to do one more very briefly if you want, even just for a minute, if we have time. Yeah, we have like, um, we probably have like four minutes. Oh my gosh, there's so many minutes. All right. So to everyone out there, try Port Key with friends. It's always fun. You'll notice you learned a lot about Stacy and I that you would never have learned about us probably in regular conversation. And it tends to meander in the most wonderful ways and be very joyful. So Port Key is just a wonderful way to spend time with people. So here's another fun thing. This is going to drive home the concept of yes and for everybody. It's called Party Planners. You did this one as well, Stacy. Very mm-hmm. simple. But what I'm going to do is Stacy and I are going to plan a party together. And we have unlimited budget. We have unlimited time. We have unlimited space. We can buy as many people as we want. Um, and we're just going to – Norm, there's a lot of ways to play this game. But Stacy, I think in this one, we'll just go pure yes and and just bounce back and forth to each other. Um, and if you want, you can you can kick it off. Uh, okay. with however you want to head with this party. And, and then you can talk, and then I'll eventually I'll jump in with yes and, and I'll throw some things at you. Awesome. So okay. on March 13th, I will be celebrating the one-year anniversary of my 50th birthday, <laughs> which I was not able to celebrate because of COVID. And so oh, I have yeah. decided that until I can celebrate it, mm-hmm. I it will always be the anniversary of my 50th. So like a wrinkle in time, I will be 50 again this year. <laughs> so I think we need to plan 
a party and we're going to pretend that COVID is a non-issue. Yes, yes. And um, I'm thinking of this party, everybody will have clinking drinks in their hands at certain points and be getting so kind of relaxed that they're just talking right in each other's faces. Yes. And I think the vibe of everybody being face-to-face, it's partly because they haven't been able to be face-to-face, mm-hmm. maskless, and partly because they're maybe a little shafast. A little Shabbat? Shafast. What does that mean? I don't know. I want to know. I'll explain after the show. Oh, okay. Um, and and I, I actually want to pause here in a minute. So the way this game normally works, and I'm realizing it actually goes much better this way, it's your party, and I only throw ideas at you. And I throw suggestions. So I'm going to take that route now. Okay. Um, yes, and maybe you could uh, have a very large mansion for this party, or were you thinking of a, a different venue? Yes. And I think yeah. it could be a mobile party where oh. we have it at a mansion and a yacht, because I'm apparently channeling Elmer Fudd. Oh, my gosh. You're so easy. <laughs> um, and what about your catering food situation? Yes, and I have that covered because oh, okay. Vance Dingfelder of Dingfelder's Delicatessen would take care of the food for me. Yes, and it would be delicious. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is interesting. I realize I'm doing a version of this game, but I'm. But I'll just say one more thing. Uh, yes, and I think we could all have themed gear of some kind, like clothing. Oh, my gosh. I think that so Macklemore is uh, dropping a line of golf clothing. <laughs> and so I think it's called Bogey Boys. And yes, I will oh. also be a sponsor for you, Macklemore. And so mm-hmm. I think that for my birthday, I would like us to all have golf shirts, which I feel like are going to look a lot like bowling shirts from yeah. Macklemore's yeah. line Bogey Boys. Oh, yes. And maybe people can pick certain people that, I don't know, we can all get like the same one and kind of have a theme within our own little golf shirt group. Um, maybe we do like a little talent portion for like the polka dot black and white shirt people yes and we can also wear argyle socks and maybe Mm. even knickers yes yes and i would (laughs) like to wear golf shoes that go clickety click when i walk around because i've never had that experience like on regular floors oh well you could uh yes and you could actually tape pennies to the bottom of your shoes and just walk (laughs) on your floors (laughs) yes and i will do that tonight and my neighbors will hate me Yes, and you will have so much fun, though. And as long as you do the jazz hands, like yeah, this firecracker, yeah. your neighbors yeah. will not mind. Yes, and I will take a video of myself and doing, like, traditional clogging with my penny pennies <laughs> and um, go viral on the Internet. All thanks to your birthday party. Yes, I think you will. Oh, so good. <laughs> so that kind of went a lot of places. I should have explained it better. But actually, just kind of yes ending each other at a random pace is also just a lot of fun. So, well. And- Yes. Yeah, and just yes. And now now I want my my birthday to happen. <laughs> Yay. Uh, hey, I'm all for it. I'll come to your mansion with my pennies on my shoe. Awesome. And ride the yacht. Um So well, thank you so much. Yeah, we are we're pretty much out of time, but I want you to um if people want to get in touch with you, learn more about your books, your classes, workshops, the whole thing, where can they find you? I'm the only Bridget Quigg on the internet from what I can tell. Not really, but basically. Um, so I'm at BridgetQuigg.com. I'm on a website and it has access to find get the book. And then um, 
intuition classes I'm teaching in starting in March, uh, early March. Those are available for sign up and the intuition coaching. And then I also host intuition jam nights. I'm starting this. So it'll be fun. We're just, anybody who's taking my classes or just as interested um, can come and I'll present a topic. So you don't have to sign up for like a five week class and we'll just practice using intuition, do some pair sharing and group sharing. And then, um, improv jam nights as well so if you want to do like game nights i also my real strength though is coming into like companies so working with teams and especially in this digital time when people feel a little separated maybe a little sad a little worn out uh i have really good luck helping people take a break and play and kind of remember that they're all human and that they um can have fun together and i give them structured ways that kind of improv training and it, it can really transform i've heard from people it's really transformed the culture of the team once people understand the difference between yes and and yes but and that everything's an offer and everyone's a creative genius, you just kind of – because once you play the games, you kind of see how much it works. Yep. And um, it's going really well. So, yeah, BridgetCook.com. I'm talking about Wait, Instagram and we're, Twitter. We're, we're like – we're out. So oh, I'm going to share information on my um, social media. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Eric. Next week on the show, I have Cherry O'Neill. She is the OG triple threat singer, actor, New York Times bestselling author and transformational coach. See you next week, everyone.